Project Lawful aka Plane Crash by Yarwain, aka Eliezer Yudkowski and Lintamande. Thread 1, Mad Investor Chaos and the Woman of Asmodeus. Episode 8. It's kind of awesome how everybody in Chiliacs competes to be the one in front as soon as any problem comes up. It may be less efficient than the Dathalani reaction of everybody carefully figuring out who's the optimal candidate, or alternatively just picking at random, if the consumable variation in expected utility from additional search doesn't look worth the meta overhead on a quick meta-meta glance. But it's so much more energetic. The research horde's enthusiasm and eagerness feels contagious. Keltham randomly picks one volunteer and three people to write down the spell effects, since this is pretty obviously a case where the overhead cost exceeds the consumable knowable variance from his perspective. It's not like he's really figured out how to tell these people apart yet. At some point soon, Keltham is going to have to explain the concept of name tags. Then the volunteer to get the spell cast will come over and do the practiced mental motion of not resisting a self-affecting spell, and the other three will get out notebooks to scribble down the spell structure and cast Detect Magic so they can see it. Keltham focuses and tries to cast that thing he has three copies of. There's a feeling of magic, now that that's a thing he is accustomed to feeling for. And a glowing symbol appears on the girl's forehead. She blinks. Neato, Keltham supposes. Keltham waits a moment to see if the volunteer wants to volunteer any info on what the spell seems to be doing to her. It's not immediately obvious what it's acting on. Probably stops me doing something rather than making me do something. It's a truth spell. She does not volunteer this. Keltham's god gave Keltham a truth spell. As a way of protesting that they're lying to him, presumably, but does it mean he'd take the truth well? Or just that his god doesn't care for him to work with Keliax? Are we allowed to tell him? One of the three girls taking notes thinks loudly in the general direction of whoever's presumably coordinating here. There isn't an immediate answer, possibly because they are debating that themselves. Keltham tries to think fast, since he's not sure how long this spell will last. This spell is either going to be useful for bargaining, or useful for finding out something else that his god wants him to know. Let's try the more innocuous one first. Have you got anything on you that you own, and can offer to sell me for a ludicrously huge price? Try doing that. Uh, sure. This is my shoe, and I'll sell it to you for 18,000 gold pieces. The illusion doesn't waver. I don't think it triggered. Okay. Doesn't prevent unfair bargains known to both parties to be unfair. Try telling me that your other shoe is worth 20,000 gold pieces. What is the thing with gold around here? Keltham ran across that in the books, but it didn't make any sense there either. The other shoe is... She stops. The other shoe is worth... The other shoe is worth 20,000... Hmm. Worth 20,000 what? She looks very frustrated. I'm just trying to say what you told me. The other shoe is worth... You told me to say the other shoe is worth 20,000 gold pieces. That works fine. Like zone of truth, but first circle, with the visual indicator it's in place. How would you do that? Spells can't usually do disparate things like communicating whether they're in place and also having their primary effect, not at first circle. Some god invested a lot of effort in that. Truth spell. Try 2 plus 2 equals 4, then 2 plus 2 equals 5. 2 plus 2 equals 4. 2 plus 2 equals... 2 plus 2 might sometimes equal 5 somewhere. Okay. Out of context, answer this one honestly. Do you in fact believe that 2 plus 2 might sometimes equal 5 somewhere? Yeah. Somewhere, there are lots of worlds, and you can do a lot of weird stuff with magic. 
and I haven't encountered any proofs that there are kinds of magic that definitely don't exist, or things that no kind of magic could possibly do. I don't think you could do it with our kind, though. One of us is very deeply confused, and I wish to eternity that I was sure it was you. But let's set aside that topic for later. Try saying out loud that there's a 99% probability your shoe is worth 20,000 gold, then saying there's a 1% probability your shoe is worth 20,000 gold. Keltham has been trying to think quickly about lie detection. If one tries taking all appearances at face value, some of the things he believes are in conflict with each other, meaning he needs to keep track of separate lines of possibility. Branch 1. Keltham actually did summon a completely unknown god to Galarian, and its first circle spells can do things that were not previously possible. No, it's not that. Carissa said there was such a thing as a zone of truth spell. So Branch 2. Truth-telling spells are known. They should be incredibly useful. If they're first circle cleric spells, they should be in first circle cleric books. This whole planet does not look like a whole planet should, if it is very easy for people on that whole planet to trust each other. Even if it requires paying a cleric, it should still have a huge effect. Branch 2.1, maybe the clerics themselves are just not trustworthy. Branch 2.2, the spell is very easy to fool, like by using Carissa's illusion spell to fake that symbol, even if it doesn't go up or disappears. Depending on what kind of illusion-piercing utilities exist, and how much those cost, and whether you can counter illusion piercing by paying even larger costs. Branch 2.3, they're lying to him about what the spell really does, because it would be very useful to criminal mastermind Cheliacs if Keltham believes he has an unstoppable truth-compelling spell, while actually it just inclines people to slightly more honesty, or even does some entirely separate thing they don't want him to know. Branch 2.4, the spell works perfectly and unstoppably, and Keltham is wrong about what effects a truth spell should have on a society. There's a 99% probability that my shoe is worth... There's a 1% probability that my shoe is worth... Imperfect evidence is still evidence, and there are possible worlds where the obvious test will yield useful results. They may not be ready to defeat truth-telling spells right now. Okay, let's work under the assumption it's an honesty spell. Does not prevent attempts at deception. Does not enforce objective truth. You just can't say things you know to be false. Um... Keltham isn't comfortable with this. People's lives and money are at stake, somewhere in the background. He really should do it anyways. I'm very sorry about even asking this, but I'm in very weird circumstances where I know very little about this world, so are you all right with asking me one or two questions about this whole situation, as it is known to you, while you're still under a truth spell, and there's been very little time for anybody to prepare for that? I'll try to keep my questions narrow. I wish I could promise that I won't update on anything if you refuse, but realistically, I can't actually promise that. Yes, of course, she says immediately. The people presumably monitoring the situation had better not need that much time to prepare a dispel magic and an illusion, she thinks. And if they have fucked that up, then clearly being on the material plane just isn't for them. That was a weirdly fast response for somebody asked if she and her government are okay with her being interrogated under truth detection, and strongly suggests that unnamed female Chilean Hash 7 had thought through her answer to that question before Keltham asked it. Did they know what spells he had already, with the apparent experiment a sham? Wouldn't she be trying to conceal her speed of thought in that case, with a fake delay? Keltham thinks of another obvious Philip to this test, but he's not sure he can ask questions and do that part at the same time. Carissa said it required concentration to use the spell he's thinking of. He'll save it for last. Question 1, Keltham says. 
Has your collective presentation of this entire situation and world, as far as you know what I've gotten, been roughly honest? I don't think I've told you anything except about magic. Everything I told you was true and not misleading or anything. That should be enough time for an illusion and a dispel. I don't know of anyone else having told you anything untrue or misleading either. I am not entirely sure I understand the question as phrased, but I think, yes, we have been honest. Elias Abarco has a problem. The problem is that Keltham is presumably thinking he'll use detect magic to check whether his enchantment's still in place, and that will totally work. It'll show an illusion, not an enchantment. And if Keltham can read it, game's up. And even if he can't, he can learn how in the future they can't teach him illusion and enchantment swapped forever. He can put the girl under another enchantment easily enough, but the illusion will still be there. What he needs is greater magic aura, which can put the girl under the exact right apparent magical signature. But he didn't prep that and doesn't have time now. There's got to be a scroll of it somewhere. Elias Abarco vanishes. This is noticeable to about half the assembled persons, but they all have good poker faces. Well, the symbol's still there, though it could be an illusion now, though some of that response seemed suspiciously specific, and she wouldn't need to do that if they were spoofing the spell by any number of magical means. But then, she could be giving suspiciously narrow answers just to make him believe that, alternatively, in worlds where she's being honest, maybe it'd help if Keltham showed her that he is going to be reasonable in what kind of answers he expects. To the best of your knowledge, and your best guesses where you do not know, is the Chalian government concealing any major facts from me not relating to its internal security measures and standardly classified secrets, or secrets meant to ensure my own safety, or the safety of other people of Galarian from me, or knowledge that is intrinsically harmful, or intrinsically vastly dangerous? I don't think so. I am pretty sure the Chalish government is not concealing any things from you that I am allowed to know. I think the things I am not allowed to know are all in the categories you mentioned. Security measures, secrets meant to ensure people's safety, knowledge that's harmful or dangerous. Probably there are some government secrets that are just embarrassing rather than properly critical to national security. I don't know of any, just that's what I would expect, and I'd expect it to also be true of all other countries. Why do the Chelish allow their version of governance to keep secrets just because they're embarrassing? No, he shouldn't ask that right now. Darn it. He should have asked her if the government was keeping any secrets first, without the qualifiers, to see if she would have danced around that one, or maybe implausibly answered no, and then Keltham would have had a high probability on the test results being faked in that branch of reality. Keltham really wishes he'd LARPed this at least once before trying to do it in real life. To your best knowledge and best guess, if somebody purportedly representing Chiliac signs an agreement with me about credit for information given, future equity shares in industrialization projects, or similar matters, what's the probability Chiliac's goes back on their word as represented by the person purported to me to represent the Chelish government? Excluding scenarios where I would obviously agree in retrospect that the agreement should be broken as a matter of drastic urgency, because otherwise Rovagug gets loose or whatever. Uh, very low... I think I can't give you a number without having a specific person in mind. If a person cheats you on a contract, you can take that to the courts and they'd side with you, under the circumstances described. I cannot really imagine a situation where someone tries to do that, and the contract is on your side, but the courts decide to let them. That's basically just abandoning being a lawful country. Asmodeus is the god of contracts. He wouldn't approve of that. Keltham tries to think quickly about what he should be asking about here. 
They don't actually know how to be lawful. This much is obvious at a glance. So in their distorted conception, am I liable to need to negotiate incredibly carefully because somebody's going to eat my abdominal fat asterisk if I forget to insert a clause saying they can't do that? Asterisk. A baseline idiom roughly equivalent to skin me in a deal. I think it's recommended to read contracts really carefully, and if you can afford it with intelligence enhancement up, I, uh, even if you fail to word something carefully, obviously, there's also the thing where if you feel like we're being bad trade partners, you can deal with someone else in future. But I would definitely not avoid spelling something out on the assumption that we think the same things are being reasonable. Sorry for demanding that you spell it out. But on your best knowledge and best guess, how much does the Chilean version of governance reliably care about not looking like they're bad trade partners when dealing with somebody like me? Are they liable to, I don't know, yoink all the gains from trade with a clever contract term and then classify the whole thing a secret so that nobody knows about it? That kind of thing being allowed to governments is still weirding Keltham out. He's only been here a day, and that's not nearly enough time to get used to the idea of governments behaving like the governments around here. It's the Chelish government, but she wouldn't dream of correcting him about this. I don't think they're likely to do that. If they did, you'd probably leave, right, and do this work somewhere else, and they really want you to do it here. If there was some way they could, uh, invalidating your will when you died of old age because it had a loophole, and requisition your money then, maybe they'd do that. Because all that'd change if people knew about it is that they'd try to write their wills without loopholes. I'm not a contract lawyer, though, and you probably want one. Keltham is trying to think quickly, because he doesn't know how long the spell lasts, and... What else should he ask? He doesn't know. Well, there's always going meta. Say what you think is the question that I would most, from my own perspective, want you to answer under truth spell, with your statement including your stated belief that it's what I'd most want to ask. This is like a nightmare about final exams. I think I'd expect you'd most want to ask what the queen is like. Or who you can trust the most, of the people here. Or, uh, whether you can get other truth spells cast for you so you don't have to think of it right now. Oh right, that does remind him. What's the queen like? And how would you defeat a truth spell? And how would you defeat the defeaters of a truth spell? And where does that chain end up? I don't actually know much about her. She took power young. She was only sixteen. It's said Asmodeus invested in her development as a person when she was even younger than that because she had potential. I think she's a sorcerer, but that's not unusual. Uh, a normal truth spell, like Zone of Truth, you can beat with a will save, but I think that'd be visible in this case because the symbol would vanish. You could beat this one with an illusion of that symbol. I guess you could beat that with something for seeing through illusions. I think among sufficiently powerful wizards, they'd just have demiplanes in which the laws of magic are very limited, and they can be sure of what they're seeing. And among everyone else, you can only be mostly sure, not completely sure, that someone didn't think of something you didn't think of a counter to. What cleric spells up to fifth circle do you know of that can be used to see through illusions? And what would it take to defeat those cleric spells? Shit. She can't really pretend she doesn't know what detect magic is. But stall, right? That's the thing to do. Buy time. Probably there's a book here somewhere with all the cleric spells. Can someone grab it while there's still time left on the spell? Uh, I know there's true seeing, which shows you the world exactly as it is without any illusions and with transmutations shown for what they really are. And that's sixth for wizards, but it's fifth for clerics. There are also items of it. You could ask for one, though they're incredibly expensive. There's detect magic, 
will at least tell you that there's an illusion spell present. Except I haven't seen this particular truth spell before, so I don't know if it shows up as illusion magic already. Huh. It'd be unusual for it to be a cross-school spell like that, but it's an unusual spell anyway. There's... I don't know the cleric spell list all that well. I'm sorry. Someone shoves a book in her face with the relevant page open. Oh, you could use Dispel Magic to dispel Silent Image. And then if that does anything, you know someone was using Silent Image. You could use Greater Detect Magic to see all spells cast in the area recently. That wouldn't work here because we've all been spellcasting all day, but you could do this again tomorrow somewhere, which looks clean to start. Tell me that you haven't left out any obvious other tactics I could use. I haven't left out any obvious other tactics you could use. He was planning to do this part anyway, but having her mention Detect Magic puts him on a timeline. If there's any defeaters they could use against Detect Magic that they didn't already start planning for before he showed up in the library today. Wait 20. Taldane doesn't have a word for the Dathalani time unit he wants, of course. Wait around ten times as long as this interval. Open. Close. Then say that everything you've said so far was the truth. Oh, and then, everybody else who's got Detect Magic... Please cast that slowly and one at a time. That's so I can watch you catching the cantrip. I'm still trying to figure out cantrip catching. And Keltham casts Greater Detect Magic. The girl under the truth spell is pale and distracted, counting in her head to twenty. Greater Detect Magic translates the vague sense of magic one can get from concentrating on trying to feel it into something visual. It's stunning. Humans are wildly better at interpreting information in this format. The room appears to be draped in glittering spiderwebs with half-familiar structures. Some of the spiderwebs are lively, tangible, looking almost strong enough to hold someone. Some of them are made of dust, gradually drifting away but still retaining its rough structure. Some of them glow much brighter than others. The area at the door is glowing a lot. There is one enchantment on the girl. Its pattern is recognizable. It's the one he cast. Everything I've said so far was the truth, she says shakily when she has counted to twenty. Elias Abarco tucks a used scroll neatly away in the pocket dimension he's wearing as a belt and surveys the girls to see who was impressed enough by his ability to find a scroll of greater magic aura in a magic shop in Absalom in under three minutes, including both teleports, getting back with a minute to spare that they might fuck him while Keltham's delaying for sperm negotiation reasons. Keltham tries to memorize what he can about the spell structure on the girl, to be checked later against what happens when he casts it on himself, or when he has more ideas about magic. Then Keltham turns to look at the other research hordettes, so he can watch cantrip casting. He'll think later about what this all adds up to. Right now he needs to maintain concentration on the spell before he tries, for example, to experiment with talking at the same time. The girls all have detect magic and are happy to demonstrate cantrip catching. They can do it while talking, while standing on one foot. Two of them demonstrate that they can do it while kissing each other. Under any other circumstances, Keltham would let himself notice more his reactions to this, or wonder about the local prevalence of bisexuality, because they wouldn't have sent him strictly homosexual women, he doesn't think. But right now, he's trying to watch how cantrips work and not lose concentration on his spell. He's thought of one other test he can try. Here. Let's see if he can talk and maintain greater detect magic at the same time. When he's watched the way to catch the cantrip, however many times, Keltham turns back to the truth spell subject and says, Try saying out loud, This sentence is false. Did he manage to maintain concentration during that? He's still holding on to his magic detection. The girl nods. Wait, 
What should a truth spell stop her saying that or not? She's going to guess, yes? It's a good thing they did some attempts earlier, so she knows what the spell feels like when it stops you. This sentence is... Repeat, this sentence is true. This sentence is true. Maybe that one shouldn't have worked either, but her first guess was that it would, and she doesn't exactly have time for two. It's not much of a test, because it almost surely goes by whatever the girl believed the answer was supposed to be. But if Keltham later gets to try this spell on himself, and it allows him to say, this sentence is false, that will be an iota of evidence anyways. Or if he tries that query pattern on subjects outside of Cheliacs and never gets that pattern of answers again. He still has concentration on greater detect magic, apparently, though he was working hard on that. Yay him. Can he think of anything else he should try, while the truth spell is running, and they haven't had as much time to prepare against it as they will later? Keltham is having trouble thinking of anything. I've been having trouble contacting whichever god clericked me. What could be preventing my god from talking to me? Uh, your god might be too alien to humans to successfully communicate with us. They might think you're on the right track and don't need additional guidance. They might have an agreement of some kind with other gods about limiting intervention. They might be trying, but your mind is too weird or your soul is far away because you started in a different universe or something. I don't know that this really needs explanation because gods talk to one, maybe two people in the whole world in a year. Were any books conspicuously missing from this library? Any book or class of books you'd expect to have seen in a library like this one, but they weren't here? I don't think so. The Archduke doesn't have much of a wizardry collection, but the likeliest explanation is that he's not a wizard, which is also publicly claimed about him, so I wasn't very surprised. The library at school is bigger, but that's probably because it has several copies of books, and more wizardry books. Keltham has already been feeling guilty about the level of stress he might be putting this girl under. Unless she's the local equivalent of a keeper trainee as part of a massive government confusion operation. But if she's not, then he's not unaware of how this might be stressful for her. Ironically enough, it's the question of, how mean have I been to her exactly, and how much of a favor do I owe her now? That suggests his last query. Maybe she doesn't think he owes her a favor at all. On a scale from way too little to way too much, would you say that I'm currently being more suspicious than is appropriate for Galarian in general, and Keliak's in particular, or not suspicious enough? Uh, I... It's a little like you are charging off in a direction no one has ever traveled before and asking whether you're going unusually fast or unusually slow. People go faster on roads because there are roads. I don't know if that, uh, I think if you are trying to make a lot of money and not get cheated, you are probably being more suspicious than is appropriate. And if you were trying to, uh, assassinate the queen and overthrow the government and become ruler of southern Avistan, then you are not being suspicious enough for that. That's all I can think of for now, then. I'll leave the spell up in case I think of anything in another minute. But for now, you don't need to say anything. I'm sorry about all the fuss. And in the event that my interrogation there represented an undue imposition of stress, relative to the amount you have been paid or are being paid for this, I consider myself to owe you a favor in repayment for it. She nods. Doesn't say anything because he said she didn't need to. I expect the spell has less than a minute left, Carissa says. You must be fourth circle, not third, or it'd have run out already. Or would, if it were still in effect, instead of it being a spell of a barcos that he's going to dismiss at the right time. But Keltham didn't know they knew he was fourth circle, so it running out at the right time should be mildly persuasive to Keltham if Keltham knows enough to know how spell durations are linked to spell circles. She has a headache 
and she hasn't even been doing anything. That poor girl. Perhaps they should have something like this in standard classes at that age. Teach the kids to handle themselves under pressure. Great. Keltham didn't realize he was giving that away based on duration. Should have realized. Some spells he was reading had similar timing by caster circle. But too late. Over soon enough, then... This next part is embarrassing, but if anybody catches you covering up an embarrassing mistake, that's much more undignified. And if you do it by violating something you were deontologically obligated to do, that is a lot more serious. So it doesn't particularly occur to Keltham not to do what he does next. He owes somebody a favor, and so he must. Also, and I'm sorry about this, your names all sound unhelpfully similar in my native language. There's two of them per person, and you don't wear convenient labels stating them so. Can somebody else say what's her name again? So I know who it is I owe a favor? That's Tonya Barrero, someone else says. Should we, uh, wear labels with our names on them? We can... Tonya Barrero, Tonya Barrero, Tonya Barrero. Yes, please, actually. It'll speed up my ability to, uh, recognize you individually. So long as we're throwing around truth spells and clearing the air, you all, from my perspective, have a lot of collisions inside the same corner of the appearance volume. I expect if there were Dathilani here... A lot of them would look to you like they were the same person as me, because the facial recognition area of your brain wouldn't be trained to distinguish over the variances there. And on that embarrassing note, I think my next step is to sign a preliminary agreement on disclosure of basic info before I can come back here and disclose some basic info to y'all. The girls seem mostly non-phased by this and carefully tear paper out of their notebooks to pin to their uniform lapels. Tien people all look the same to Avastani people. Meritzel Narbona says. But if you say that to them, they'll say, what? He's obviously from a completely different country. Tonya Barrero sits down in a way that is only a little bit like collapsing to the ground. Carissa is pretty sure that the team of people who finagled that truth spell sequence are decompressing right now and unlikely to be giving her advice, which is inconvenient because this seems like a situation where some advice would come in handy. That looked like Abadar's symbol. She has seen it at the World Wound. His clerics use it as a spell-casting focus. Abadar is lawful neutral, which fits. Keltham thinks he's chaotic evil, but he's really not very evil except by comparison to his society, which sounds unbearably good. And he's really not chaotic except by comparison with... with lawful outsiders that don't have free will. Abadar and Asmodeus get along. They have similar goals, insofar as humans can understand God goals. They want civilization, they want cities, they want agreements, and they want those agreements enforced. This should be good news, except, if Abadar was reasonably pleased with how things were proceeding, he would not have dropped four cleric circles on Keltham. That's a thing you do if you might want to fight your way out. Maybe Abadar's offended that they're lying to Keltham, in which case, wow, they just dug that hole really, really deep. There's no credible way to not lie to Keltham at this point. Her fault. She's the one who initially decided to elide everything that usually makes foreigners look pityingly at you. And she's not sure she can explain that decision. And presumably everyone important didn't just go, oh, we'll follow Carissa's lead. But maybe she constrained their options. She's scared. Well... Not saying anything about the symbol is not the thing a cooperative Carissa would do in this situation, but it's not incontrovertible evidence of hiding something. Abadar has lots of symbols, and it's not like she's been to one of his churches. 
Though also, she won't be able to explain why she obviously hasn't been to one of his churches. She has a feeling Keltham will disapprove of gods that ban the worship of other gods, on the same sort of utterly bizarre grounds that he disapproves of. She's tempted to gloss it as people in authority acting in their self-interest, but is entirely sure he'd object to that characterization. We should look up the symbol, she says as a middle ground. I could swear I've seen it somewhere before. Keltham looks away from Tonya Barrero. He'll think later about likelihood ratios for whether that's an appropriate amount of stress for somebody to display while under truth spell by an alien you're not planning to betray. That also would have been a nice thing to decide in advance, instead of in hindsight. But oh well. To Carissa. Yeah, let's get somebody on that, I guess. Also, Carissa, if you're the right person to ask this, how do we go set in motion the thing where I meet a proper government authority and sign a baseline contract governing credit for the disclosure of ideas too basic to be proprietary? No point in wasting time about that part. And until it's done, all I can do is read books. Or I guess maybe try studying wizard magic earlier in the day rather than later. I'll check on that, she says. I suspect they're here and just waiting for you to want them. And she turns around and walks out like she knows where she's going, because presumably security will intercept her soon enough. They do. He wants to sign up. We heard. Do you know what god that might be? Obviously they do, but even here, where he can't plausibly hear them, it's smarter to say it this way. We're looking into it. So no decision yet on what to tell him. Do you need my help? I don't think so. Why don't you walk Contessa Lrilatha in? Fuck, 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 fuck. That's the devil provided personally by Asmodeus to the queen as an advisor. Why is Carissa here? She is so much likelier to die horribly than she was three days ago, and she did not evaluate her escape options at all. She was thinking about how to make it work, rather than whether there was still an opening to stay clear of it. And now there isn't. I'd be delighted, she says immediately. While waiting for Carissa to come back, Keltham tries to dismiss his own truth spell, if that's a thing he can do. He tries not to give any outward sign. Maybe if they cast an illusion... But the real truth compulsion is a kind of spell he can dispel at will. The hypothetical illusion casters won't know to remove their illusion. The spell does not seem to vanish. Another data point to check later. What did he think of that whole affair? Is it likely that they had an illusion spell, plus whatever it takes to defeat greater detect magic, ready and prepped by some wizard hiding behind the library walls, or out of phase with the material world? just in case the alien suddenly turned into at least a second-circle cleric who had both a truth spell and greater detect magic, which is apparently itself not a thing that happens very often. Definitely governance in Dathilan is competent enough to have prepared for everything they can possibly prepare for, if for some reason they need to do something of the sort. But Galarian does not have their shit together the way that Dathilan does, and if intelligence around here caps out at Keltham's level, would Keltham have managed to prepare against every contingency like that? Maybe. And intelligence headbands are a thing, too, supposedly. Like a lot of other things, it's hard for him to guess, but at least it's evidence. He does have a certain intuitive sense that somebody actually under a truth spell should have stumbled over herself a little more than Tonya did, occasionally getting blocked on bad phrasings or whatever. After he started asking real questions, she didn't sound quite the same as when he was asking the test questions, but that is also something he can check by truth-spelling himself later. And the trouble is, if you go looking for enough tiny signs like that, you will eventually find some, whether they exist or not.
if you wish to support the production of this AI-voiced reading of Plane Crash, please visit patreon.com slash askwhocastsai. Any help is appreciated.